0: This is Marshall Fant. Welcome back to our podcast, ReChurch. Today we have a special opportunity to discuss transitions, something a lot of pastors love to think about, but really don't want to get involved in. So we have Pastor Mike Fisher. Mike, welcome. Welcome. Yes, thank you. And so glad that you are here for the sake of our audience. uh, Pastor Fisher ministers at Grace Bible Church in Elkhart, Indiana. Mike, tell us a little bit about how long you've been there, the city, your wife, your ministry there, and very just good. fill everybody in on that.
1: We are at Grace Bible Church in Elkhart, Indiana, and I've been here for 37 years, and it's in northern Indiana, about a city of about 50,000. Uh, the church is about 70 years old, and uh, we've had great ministry here, and the Lord has been good. My wife, she's very involved in the children's ministry, and. Uh, playing the piano and the ladies ministry real partner in the ministry we have a, a good church here and the lord has just blessed us these years
0: all right so the church uh 70 years old now the current attendance for here uh i've been in your church i think what'd you say 250 300 yeah, currently is right what there. it's doing yes sir and uh so over the 37 years you've been there obviously they have known you they love you or and you love them and you wouldn't stay there but yes sir you started thinking about uh, transition now the best i remember and you can correct me there was not a health problem with you or your wife no, no so this was not a sudden decision you made you weren't reacting to anything so please tell our listeners first why did you decide to, to go ahead and start transitioning when you were only or planet when you were only 62.
1: When I was 62, I had been here for over 30 years, and I just saw my son do a transition from him being assistant to being the pastor, and I realized that is a great thing to do if God's in it. You do it for the sake of the church, Mm. and you realize the church has to continue, and I've seen other guys who did not do a transition and just quit. And the church suffered in getting a new pastor, mm. and uh, it was just sad. So at 62, I realized that, hey, we got to get a plan, a five-year, eight-year plan. I'll be 70 in eight years. And I said, let's ask God to see if he will give us a man mm. that will come in and take yeah. over and grow the church. And that would thrill me to no end to come back in 20 years and see it thriving. Amen. All right, so
0: let me ask you this. So, you say we so that was your wife was totally on board with
1: this uh, my wife was on board with this uh, i told the deacons about it the leadership and they were all on board with it they were not wanting me to leave but they realized we got to have a plan and if we don't have a plan nothing happens mm. and you can't make it happen but to have a plan you, i think every pastor that's at a church and it's going good and he's getting older he's in his 60s he needs to develop a plan 5-year plan 10-year plan and say god help us here we go lead us to the right man to transition to so the church stays healthy and alive for another 20 years
0: all right so when you came to grace bible church okay. all right did you come in in such a transition and saw that or did you come what what was the no, state sir. of the church when you got to Grace Bible Church?
1: I got to Grace Bible Church and they just called a pastor and I became the pastor and the one before me resigned and the church was in a time of needing great leadership and the Lord just brought me in and we jived together and made it happen. Uh, But I I wouldn't want to do that when the church is a little larger and uh, touching the community well. You want it to keep going. You don't want the church to suffer.
0: All right, so if someone is listening to us and let's say they had not really thought about planning for a transition. There is there's a, there's a thought that says, well, I don't want to get in the church's way. they got to find God's man. I just want to get out of the way so they can. And therefore, I'm not going to be involved in any part of the transition. I'll preach and then just leave. What would you say to that man?
1: If he doesn't have a good relationship with the deacons and with the leadership of the church, they might not want him to be involved. But if you have a great relationship and they're wanting you to stay and you realize you're getting six ish you need to develop a, a five-year plan. You can't make it happen. But if God's in it, it is wonderful to save the church from, from all kinds of heartache or all kinds of dysfunctional and uh, it lets it become a, a wonderful place for the church to keep growing and a smooth transition. You don't have jealousies and all of the... The activity of the flesh there, it's, it's just wonderful. I encourage every man, if he's got a good ministry and he's getting older, to set a plan in his 60s and see if God's in it. Uh, amen to that. Now let me also,
0: I've been in your church. You have tremendous unity in your church from what I can tell.
1: We, we do. And so God's it's been good.
0: It's you, your wife. You have a great administrative assistant. Uh, tell, tell our audience her first name and how all that works together.
1: Uh, We have a uh, ministry secretary named Heidi, and she does a wonderful job of keeping all the functions of the church happening. And she's one of the main cogs that make it all function and keep the people smoothly uh, doing their function and all working holistically together.
0: All right, so the church is running well. So this transition is not because, you know, you got a flat tire. This transition is a purposeful, intentional passing of the baton from healthy church to healthy church is that fair to say it that way amen okay all right so now when you started the process of transition i believe you've explained this to me but i want you to explain it to our listeners what the process was you did you went and found a, um, a young man that you thought you could work with and you brought him in but tell us was a pulpit committee involved how did all this take place as you were seeking god's will and god's man Uh, for that position.
1: We we started when I was 62 in 2014 and started looking for another youth pastor and in 15 we didn't find him for a while. It was discouraging some not finding and then God brought Kyle to us in October 2015 and we made certain he was a fit to the church and we we worked together and we were like-minded. We worked hard at that And then we brought him in, and he candidated, and we brought him in in 2016, and we've been working together. When he came in, he knew that he was going to be considered for the next pastor. Mm -hmm. All that was communicated to the leadership, the church, and I think the key to it is my attitude for it all and my enthusiasm for it but also that we, we communicated to the church and the leadership, everything. We did a lot of communication. And so the people knew exactly what was doing. And in 2017, 2018, here in 2019, it's been the year of change. He's half and I'm half of everything. Okay. We're, we're a co-pastor team. And then he's gonna take over in 2020. And it's he's gonna be pastor and I'm gonna be his assistant pastor emeritus and it should just flow, flow good. He increases, I decrease.
0: Okay. All right. Now, for the sake of our listeners, I've met both of you and I've seen you work together. So there's harmony there and yes. there's harmony and unity in the church and we don't ever want to take that for granted. No. Is there anything that you would tell as somebody is listening that is it just doesn't say, well, I just don't see, you know, why I need to be involved in the transition. So they're the pastor. Right. So what would you tell this guy that has
1: that mindset? Do you want the church to succeed after you're gone? Hmm. And if you have a good relationship, if you don't have a good relationship with your leadership and all of that, and they don't trust you, you're not going to make this happen. Uh, hmm. But if you do and you want it to go, you need to realize this is for the good of the church. Amen. And I'm 60 and pretty soon I'm going to be 70. And I need to get a better man in here Mm -hmm. than me and realize that I need to go to another ministry and move on and realize God's got another man. And if I Mm -hmm. wait till 70 or 80, I could be a detriment and stay too long and keep it there. So I would have a man that would take it and say, I need to realize that for the good of the church, Yeah. I need to do this well you know when us
0: pastors have an idea it's our church but christ says i will build my church so it's it's, the church belongs to christ not us and I, i appreciate your wonderful attitude about that so now we're going to shift gears and we're going to introduce kyle grant to the listeners and kyle was brought up in a ministry home so pastor fisher thank you so much for your time and as we now switch into kyle kyle thank you for joining us Thank you. Thanks for having us. So Kyle Grant, Pastor Fisher, is now 67. Currently, how old are you?
2: I am 26. All right,
0: so big, the next generation, literally. All right, so Kyle, with your background, tell us a little bit. Right. You're married. You currently have two children.
2: Yeah, so I'm married. We have a 18-month-old little girl named Everly. Okay. And we've got a little boy due in October. There so we
0: go. Coming mm-hmm. on quick. And nice. your wife's name is?
2: Julia, Julia. Julia. Couldn't do this, what i do without her. Wouldn't want to.
0: That's right, Wouldn't Pastor, want to even think about it. Pastor Fisher said the same thing about his wife, so I think yeah. the church is seeing a united marriage in ministry with the Fishers and now with the Grants. Now, Kyle, tell everybody, you were brought up in a ministry home.
2: Yeah, so my dad was pastoring preaching the entire time I was raised. We started in evangelism, moved to Georgia. Dad planted a church there, and then my junior year of college, he took a church in Ohio and pastored there until just the last year sometime. So, you know, I I look back and I know that within the sovereignty of God, there's preparation even there, being in church planning, especially as a teenager, yeah. seeing all parts of church ministry, knowing that it is, it's a broken blessing. It is beautiful. It's an incredible privilege. It has its joys and its glories, but it has its valleys and its discouragements, mm. a new to a certain extent, that I was not getting into anything easy. And so, you know, I'm so thankful to the Lord that He, even in those times and in those years, was preparing me. I think guys can, can get out of college and have a utopian idea of ministry. It's just unicorns and roses, and it's just not. It's, yeah. it's wonderful, and I, I wouldn't want to do anything else.
0: But it is called um, the work of the ministry. Yeah, yeah, and
2: it's, it's tough. It's yeah. hard.
0: Yeah. All um, right, so let me ask you some questions yeah all right so as you are now at this stage you've been there two and a half years you're about to be voted on as a senior pastor as you were thinking about this transition and knowing going in as pastor fisher said they communicated to you that the the purpose of you coming be transitioned to you what were some of the key questions you had when these discussions started
2: yeah so I, I was very observant of personalities and gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, Pastor Fish and I are same in motives and in goals. We want to worship Christ in our preaching and in the way we shepherd our flock, but we're different personalities and in gifts. And so one of the basic questions I had was, do you think knowing who I am, where I'm strong and where I'm weak, do you think these people are going to respond to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that even those things are important to, to notice and, and to be observant of. So, you know, basic questions like that. Do you think they're going to respond to just the differences between us, uh, or are they going to carry this definition of a pastor? You know, are they ex- are going to expect me to be Mike Fisher?
0: So because y'all are literally almost forty years of difference. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So that means huh. a, almost two generations. Right. Yeah.
2: Right. You know, I was very in tune with. I, I want to know the passions and the priorities of the church right? Because even a good church can have uh, miscategorized or or poorly defined passions and priorities. And so within those differences, as long as we go to a church, as long as two guys care about preaching the word, care about corporate worship, care about true congregational singing, we care about teaching truth to one another, loving and making sure those are the most important things, then it doesn't matter the gift set or the personality differences. If we're going to major in the majors and we're unified in those things, then you're coming into a church that's healthy. You're getting into a church that has its goals in the right place. Uh, and if the new guy has those goals as well, then obviously it's, it's a fit in the right ways. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So want to know what the passions, the priorities uh, of the church are, and then just generally, is this gonna be a good fit? Because I'm, you know, I grew up in a northern suburb of Atlanta. First church I took was in a wealthier part of New England, Concord, New Hampshire. And I came to Elkhart, Indiana, which is a great area. I love it. But it's different. It's different economically. It's a different demographic of people.
0: For those who are not familiar with Elkhart, it's kind of what the RV capital of the world, right? A lot, yeah. a lot of the RVs are built there. Totally. So a lot of the people are employed in those factories, right?
2: Yep. Lots of farming, yeah. lots of manufacturing. And so there are things I can do, things I can talk to church members about, and things that I just can't. Right. You know? But beyond those, again is this going to be a good fit in the most mm. important ways? And people will forgive a lot of your differences from them mm-hmm. if they know you love them and you give them the Bible. And Amen. So that's, that was kind of the answer to that question, right? And then just being in tune all along throughout the transition, are these people, are we connecting? On the whole, there's always going to be some people then that aren't going to get me and I'm not going to get them, but on the whole, is there a positive response to the preaching and, and the leadership and a uh, shepherding style
0: okay so you had those questions you observed looking back now two and a half years later what questions would you add to that list or somebody's calling you and saying kyle you know i'm your age i'm going into a similar situation so what do you wish you had known or asked? may not be in a negative way i don't mean it in a negative way but just yeah, totally. overall what would be some additional insights you have now for a transition
2: Yeah, so if I'm the guy coming into a transition, the first question that I'm asking, as I have done this now already, is is the pastor going out actually going to be able to go out, Mm. right? Is he humble enough, sincere enough? And ultimately, does he love his church enough? Because that's that's what it is. Does he love his church enough so that for its continuity, uh, he recognizes this is Christ's church and not his? Right is is he going to be able to do what he needs to do so is he going to make a plan and then stick to it right and when he needs to start stepping back is he going to be able to step back on the things that he's going to start needing to be silent over is he going to be able to do that because your transition you know horror stories where yeah. they, they didn't have a plan or right. the other horror stories they did have a plan
0: all right now you're talking about the plan was that plan in writing was there yeah. a set thing in writing how was this communicated yeah.
2: Yeah, so when we came, and I candidated as the assistant pastor, right, um, and not just over youth, I did other things around here. So, it was it was in writing. There was a, Pastor Fisher showed me a five-year plan, the vision okay. of the church and the ministry of the church.
0: Well, don't you think uh, that it's important that if oh, you're the guy coming in, there's not just somebody's dream, but the dream has been communicated, written, and talked through with the leadership.
2: Absolutely, okay. it's not just this ethereal concept that's right. out there. You know, we're 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 talking about that. No, I I want to know i don't need an exact timeline, but I, I yeah. need a basic timeline and i need I need a plan for for the congregation The congregation needs a plan we don't Got want it. we don't want question marks in the pews either, so um, having things in writing outlined we've actually we've adjusted the timeline the original timeline was the vote wouldn't be for a few years down the road and so if the timeline needs to change we follow the leading yeah. of the lord in that
0: yeah um, but you had but an outline in writing totally okay totally. so if you were talking to another young man concerning a transition wouldn't you say it almost be imperative to have it in writing some kind i mean a sketch an outline a skeleton of what would be taking place
2: yes and not only that but that plan has been communicated yeah okay so that, so that at least the deacons know about this right if you're in elder ministry at least the elders know about yeah. this So this is not just the pastor's idea. And so that you're not stuck in a spot where you come Mm -hmm. in at a deacon's meeting. The pastor lays out this plan that he's communicated to you, but no one else. And then two people are in the hot seat. So, yeah, definitely.
0: All right. So what would you say would be some common obstacles? I'm not saying Grace Bible had to go through it. But now that Mm -hmm. you've been living this for two and a half years, what would you say some of those common obstacles would be that pastors or deacons listening to this, or maybe even pastors' wives listening to this, that they would need to be aware of?
2: You know, I think it might vary. My obstacle, well, let me take a step back. Recognizing some obstacles are inevitable and not letting them bother you. Such as? Uh, I'm young
0: yeah <laughs> there's
2: nothing i can do about it yeah you know? i'm gonna get older but it's gonna be slow yeah. right yeah. yeah um i've joked that i'm gonna get some just for men gray and make myself look older <laughs> but that could be an obstacle for some people but there's no obstacle we're given that the word doesn't address right right okay and the word says that i'm not supposed to say to people don't despise my youth i'm supposed to prove to them through my character yeah and the way I lead my family, the way that I open the word that they shouldn't be despising my youth. It's not something I say, it's something that I do, right? So, so the word addresses that. It's inevitable, it's an obstacle. But it's something that I've got to face and our people have to face together. The, the second one I would say is that people are going to compare. Yeah. They're going to do that. Whether it's fair or not, they're going to do that. And I shouldn't allow that to bother me or worry me. People should be able to give pastors the benefit of the doubt. That's the congregation's responsibility. But again, if I'm faithful... And I love people and I give them the word Then I want people. I want people remembering those things about me, not that I'm Mike Fisher. Right.
0: All right. So let's talk about one of those comparisons. Yeah. All right. The, the church will experience. So right now, Pastor Fisher and his wife, they're 67. Yeah. Um, you are just the opposite. So They're empty nesters Right. and you have one child, another coming in. So the senior pastor now, you know, will be having young children in the home. So they're mm-hmm. different you will not have the flexibility or the availability as the Fishers. Is that? Yeah. Okay. So has that been communicated? I mean, I know it's obvious to anybody that sees your family and his family. Right. But has any of that been addressed yet? Or how do you plan? Because again, it's two different seasons yeah. of life.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah. So we feel that we should lay at least wait until after the vote to really have Candid conversations like that because we don't want to yet act like it's assumed. Right? We don't want the congregation to feel like they're Just along for the ride. So we are praying and by all indication the vote's gonna go well God has been leading this way all along. There's great energy in our church right now. So after the vote I anticipate two or three I sit on the platform on a stool with Pastor Fisher and we say here's some differences and Some of the differences that, that we can't avoid and one of the ones you just said yeah. Uh, we, I, got, I have young children, and so I expect you as people to understand that my primary ministry, my primary hub of discipleship is my wife and my kids. However, I also understand that you expect me to do the work of the ministry, and that's, that's obviously going to happen. I'm not going to neglect that, not just right. because it's my job, but it's my calling. I have to do it. I want to do it. But yeah, having those honest conversations that that people will get those differences where we sit down in a less formal atmosphere and just kind of talk with the congregation, uh, lay down those expectations. But again, if I'm a faithful minister, then people are going to be able to tolerate those differences, and not only tolerate but but grow to appreciate them.
0: Yeah, and I also to say, uh, Pastor Fisher's not on with us right now. But again, I've I've been in the church. I think he has set the table for this to take place. He set the table yeah. for this communication to take place. And I think the one transitioning out, the burden is on him to initiate mm-hmm. the transition mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to make sure the transition goes well. And so I think y'all are in the midst of that. Let me give one final question, okay? Yeah, yeah. All right, and this may be impossible to answer because you had not been through it, but if I'm a young guy calling you, there's a church that they're discussing this transition, what would be a game breaker? What would be one or two things? I mean, I think one of them would be without a definition of what's going to happen to the guy transitioning out Mm -hmm. if he doesn't have a plan. I understand, right? So that would be number one. What are just a couple other red flags or maybe not any red flags, major, major deal breakers for a young man that he says, even though he may want to go there, he's desiring a senior pastorate. But boy, no, that won't work. What would be one thing?
2: If within, even within the outline polity of the church, if the deacons run the church, yeah. if a deacon runs a church, if the quality and the character of the men leading the church is poor, right? you do not want to be coming into a church alone, being the lone mature influencer, nor do you want to come into a church needing to have your dukes up right? Because yeah. that, that's just going to start out yeah. with a bumpy road and it's going to be really hard to yeah, get into there's no freedom people there. behind you. Yeah, right? there's
0: no freedom right? from ministry there.
2: Um, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah, So I think as you look at the relationship with Pastor Fisher and his leadership and I think with his endorsement and his humility mm. and his uh, sensitivity to mm. what the church needs to be doing, wouldn't you say that set the table for you?
2: Oh, absolutely. When yeah. we were talking about this we wouldn't be having this conversation if a godly man didn't recognize, mm. again, that this is Christ's church, His church, and have the humility to, to say, I'm going to step back, and I'm going to let this happen, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stand in the way of this, there's not going to be works of the flesh that cause strife and jealousy, and, and then the time, you know, he, he takes time away and intentionally, not just for himself, but because he wants me to step in Mm-hmm. Um, and then his guidance. I'm not, I'm not pushed off a cliff. Right. right? Sometimes I'm dangled over it, but <laughs> I'm not pushed off of it. Right. Right. Um, he's there to say, how did that go? Yeah. Maybe think about this next time. Going back to what I said, you don't want to go in a situation alone. I have never, apart from the Holy Spirit, obviously, and a faithful spouse. I've never been alone in this. I've yeah. been, I've been shepherded to be a shepherd.
0: All right. To wrap it up, for men who are thinking of transitions, Mike Fisher at Grace Bible Church, Elkhart, Indiana. Uh, they have a good webpage. You can go in there and find his information. I advise you to call him, make an appointment, get 30 minutes of his time. He has lived it. He is doing it. And for young men considering going into a church transition, Kyle, give them your email address, please. Yes.
2: Yeah, so my email is Pastor Kyle at gracebiblelcart.com
0: and that's k-y-l-e correct okay so again i was just so grateful to see unity in the church okay we don't take that for granted under pastor Mm -hmm. fisher's leadership Yep. his burden to have the church of christ he wanted to be a great under shepherd in passing that leadership to the next generation Mm -hmm. and again i'm just so thankful for pastor fisher and his wife and now Kyle and his wife, as that baton is passed, it's going smooth. We're very grateful for that. So, Kyle, I want to thank you for your time. Be sure and contact Kyle if you've got any questions. And, Kyle, we we'll look forward to doing a, maybe another podcast in a couple of years and see how everything's going, okay?
2: That'd be great. Thank All you right. so much Thanks, for, brother. for doing this. Thank you for your ministry to yeah. the church. You're
0: welcome. God bless. Yep. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org/consulting.